Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number six. Nope, 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 nope. Okay. Number 746. There we go. December 3rd, 2021. It was 62 degrees on this day in 1962, and it was 19 below on this day in 1940. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on production, Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. You recall yesterday I had a brief outburst in my opposition to the use of high rate of speed or yes. slow rate of speed. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Well, I've been I've been vindicated by Cal Freilich. He's he's a member of the Successful Academy. He's a frequent emailer. He's a teacher in high school and many other callings. Mayor, you are correct. A quantity compared to time is a rate. Distance competed to time is a rate we call speed. Thus, rate of speed is redundant. Pushing back in the land of unfrozen lakes, Cal. Thank you, Cal. Okay. You also don't like uptick. I don't like uptick. I don't like at this point in time. I don't like rate of speed. It's redundant. Such as? You're not a big such as guy. What am I, Miss South Carolina? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what's this? Uh, I'll just have to save that. Well, unfortunately, there's a story that... uh, Bears mentioning only because it's getting tens of thousands of social media viewings, and it's a video showing a Minneapolis police officer uh, uh, conducting a forceful arrest of a black man who's 64 years old. Are you guys aware of this story? Yeah, I am yeah. not. I yeah, missed I, this I, one. I missed it too. It's on the back of the metro section of the Star Tribune today. Uh, it, it, it bears us trying to figure it out because, well, I'll tell you why in a moment. A video recently posted to Instagram shows a Minneapolis police officer forcefully arresting a 64-year-old black man Wednesday night at an Aldi grocery store. The nearly five-minute video at the Aldi at East Franklin and 14th Avenue South begins after the incident is underway with Officer Christopher Lang questioning Troy Lee Billups of Minneapolis near the checkout area while in uniform. Billups said, don't put your hands on me, to which Lang replied, you're out, and grabbed Billings by the back of his brown hoodie and pushed him down onto a nearby ledge. Under the force, Billups' hat and some of his belongings fell to the floor. What are you doing? A witness then shouted at Lang. You're supposed to de-escalate. How is this de-escalating? You're under arrest, Lang said to Billups. For what, Billups asked repeatedly as Lang forced him to the ground. Billups appeared to resist the handcuffing, telling Lang, let me go. When Lang did let go, Billups rebuked him for apparently shoving a young man in the store earlier. Everybody with me so far? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm following along. Here you got to you. keep your hands off him, Billups said. You don't put your hands on no young kid. Shortly after, in the Aldi parking lot, Lang Handcuffed Billups beside three marked squad cars. All I did was tell him, don't touch the kid, a calm Billups said to a nearby officer as Lang emptied Billups' groceries on the hood of of a squad car. 
Billups was charged with obstructing the legal process by interfering with a police officer, a misdemeanor, and he was held overnight at the Hennepin County Jail ahead of a Thursday court appearance where Hennepin County District Judge James Moore ordered that he be released without bail. His next court appearance is January 5. Billups declined to comment through his attorney, Leslie O'Connor, as of last night. Uh, As of last night, Thursday night, the video had been viewed nearly 46,000 times. But I don't do Instagram. I've not seen it. Is it worth you calling that up on uh, Instagram? I'll see if I can find it here. Uh, Mayor Fry said Thursday that he had heard about the video, but he hadn't seen it. At the time of the incident, Lang was working on site as an off in an off-duty capacity. Uh, Police Department spokesman Garrett Parton said uh, department policy states that while off-duty officers are technically technically working as employees in a civilian capacity, they may still be in uniform and make arrests. In his arrest report, Lang wrote, an officer working off-duty security witnessed an altercation taking place at the listed address and attempted to stop it. One of the parties started to actively resist uh, the officer after being told to leave and still actively resist when when informed he was under arrest. The public information report did did not... identify other officers present at the scene. This matter has been referred to the Office of Police Conduct Review. Parton said department policy and training continues to emphasize the importance of de-escalation efforts to stabilize and resolve situations when safe and feasible. According to the department policy, if an officer is issued a disciplinary action in relation to off-duty employment, it may be grounds for suspension. Uh, denying or revoking their permission to work off-duty. Lang has been investigated for misconduct five times since 2019. Oh, Records boy. show none of the investigations resulted in disciplinary action. That's the end of the story. <clears throat> May I? Yes. I'm watching the video? Yeah. This cop overreacted big time. Is there any way you can put it on that screen? No, because no. I, I can't, but I can show it to you. It's about four minutes long. He is whipping this guy. Again, we don't know what happened beforehand. I'm just merely watching the video for the first time with no sound. And uh, this is not good. Now guys, we're up uh, in the in the in a Fox Nine version of the story. The that's vid- where I found the video. By the, the way, the video has been viewed over sixty thousand times. Uh, actually. The video I'm watching, mm-hmm. it's at 83,000 views. Oof. This is not a good look. And I'll say it. This is a cop that shouldn't be a cop. Sorry. Just, but just but you, don't, you, don't, you don't know that. Joe, watch this video. And you'll, I think you'll have the same. Well, let me come over there right now. Do you want to wait till we break? Yeah. Okay. Because, <laughs> you know... <laughs> You should probably sit there and still do the show. I'm st- I'm I'm trying to be an arbiter here. I'm okay. trying to determine what uh, what would that would this have made the news had the Ed Billups been a white guy? Oh, um, maybe, but obviously, I think given the circumstances, it probably did enhance the story because it's a white cop with a uh, black man. I think it probably would have made the news as long as it's on tape, yeah. I, think as, any, I was going to say as long as there's a video. Anytime you, know. you have a police officer doing, you know, something perceived as bad, it's it's going to it's going to be posted on social whether or not it has legs is a different story. It it, it sounds to me 
like Lang was uh, involved in something else in the store. And Billups confronted Lang about that. Thus the, uh, you know, leave your hands off a young person or whatever. And uh, we don't know what that episode was. And he said Franklin and 14th. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a so he was he was uh, running security there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> During the ruckus, a young man is heard telling the person recording the video that Billups was harassing my girl. So I told him, "Yo, chill out." And the cop came over here and he started touching me like. And then and it says inaudible. After some struggle, Lang let go of Billups and asked what was going on between the young man and Billups. The young man said, nothing happened. You keep your hands off me. You push me, Billups said after the officer let go. You don't put your hands on a young kid. You don't do that. Lang then asked a Bush League question, in my estimation. Did he pay for his stuff while pointing at Billups? Billups and others are heard responding, yes. In other words, he paid for his groceries. What, what do you mean? Why, why is that a Bush League question? Well, why is he making the assumption that Billups didn't pay for his groceries? Sounds to me like the altercation took place in the checkout line. Oh, I see what you're saying. Of course, yeah, it did right by the. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Right, right past the checkout line. Mm-hmm. So you're watching the video, Johnny. Yep. What is your assumption, or what, is, what do you uh, make I, of it? I think I'd agree with you that the police officer immediately oh, overreacted. Overreacted. Yeah. Re- overreacted to what? Billups uh, scolding Bill- him? Yes, Billups scolding him, and then the police officer just grabs him and, and throws him down and around. and Yeah. Th- there was no physical altercation before the police officer grabbed him. In fact, him. it's Billups, right? The, yeah. So you could see at one point he's almost raising his hand that the officer isn't holding as if to say, what, what is going on? Why are you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, yeah. take the break right now. i got to come over and watch this. All right. We'll <laughs> take the break right now. <laughs> GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Chillboys and Chillboys.com. Guess what now is available if you go online to Chillboys.com? Yes, performance long underwear. And I got to tell you, they're pretty dang sweet. I got a pair just a couple of weeks ago, and they are fantastic. So, obviously, winter is coming here. We all know that. But now, in, in addition to the most comfortable underwear that you can ever possibly own, the most comfortable long underwear that you can also own is now available at chillboys.com. Yes, of course, they still have the performance boxers, the bamboo boxers, the boxer briefs. Everything that you want is all still available at chillboys.com, but now including long underwear, performance t-shirts too, by the way. And don't forget Forget all of your orders that are over $40, those ship fast and free throughout the entire United States of America. When you're thinking about giving gifts this upcoming holiday season, think about Chillboys and Chillboys.com. And when you place your order at Chillboys.com, please don't forget to let them know that you heard about them on the Garage Logic podcast. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Well, I'm waiting. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to sit here until one of you dummies give me a hashtag Seafoam's work story. Uh, Seafoam work story. Go ahead. One of you. Come on. Seafoam. Um, When's the last time you used it? Oh, I I did. I put some in my lawnmower to put it away for the winter. 
Yeah, it's a uh, great story, about Chris. About a week ago. So <laughs> did every other GLer on so, the planet. So did, and so did I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's a wonderful product in a world bad gas. Even Rook, if Rook was here, he would throw out a fresh seafoam work story because that's how he is, what with all the free lawnmowers and scooters <laughs> and all those crap cans he's always driving. And normally GLers, they keep me supplied with a steady stream of seafoam stories, but the old inbox has been bare this week. I can't believe that with the GLers and the small engines, the bikes, the sleds, cars, tractors, classic cars, and everything else. You'd think I'd have a dozen stories to choose from. This stuff is easy enough to find on the shelves. It's everywhere. We're talking a local company, a global reach, a stellar reputation for keeping our cylinders, carburetors, injectors, and everything else in top-notch condition. Uh, recent research by yours truly. Uh, I found that the engine treatment stuff, that's available in larger gallon quantities. That's awesome. Uh, I've also found deep creep, the penetrating oil and the lubricant, you can find that in a screw top can. I really like this. And of course, the top engine cleaner and lube. That's now my go-to for carb cleaning. The stuff is magic. It's voodoo, I'm telling you. There's a sea foam product for every woe you may find in the shop in the garage. Why? Because in a world of bad gas, sea foam rocks. Hi, Joe. Hi, I'm looking something up here. Oh, I thought you were wanted me to hurry up and wrap up here. Cause, no, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm looking up Troy Lee Billups to see if uh, we learn anything. You watched the video during the break. I didn't see it. I listened to it, and uh, it uh, made me very uncomfortable. I, I, I said that. that this is the last thing that the city of Minneapolis needed right now. And now hearing the audio in addition to the video, I'm more sure of what I said earlier on the show. There's two yeah. ways to look at this. All right, here we go. One way is uh, the officer clearly needs to have this reviewed by his superiors. Yep. Uh, the other way to look at it is this just might be an average night at that Aldi. And which doesn't explain... I didn't use the word excuse. It doesn't explain what compelled Lang to uh, get physical with this fellow. In the story you His read. His age, by the way, is a non-factor. Uh, you can be a fit human being at 64. So the story is weighted as though the police officer was uh, attacking an elderly man. 64 is not elderly in this day and age. But that's neither here nor there. Let's explain something. And I, I alluded to this earlier by uh, asking you, what I already knew, the address of Franklin and I believe it was 14th Avenue South. Mm -hmm. That's a neighborhood where most uh, most stores uh, probably require some sort of security working at the door mm -hmm. uh, or, or, or circulating the store. And I think what you're insinuating here is um, the officer might be on guard or ready for virtually anything, because virtually anything goes down on a regular basis. That I don't is. think that's an unreasonable statement. All right. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. All right. I'm not prepared to exonerate the guy and say he's completely innocent. Uh, by the same token, uh, let his superiors. And I think since George Floyd, I'm confident, maybe I'm naive, I'm confident that the superiors will, will take this seriously. But in, this, look at in the story that you read before I started to watch the video, mm -hmm. do you still have it in front of you? The what? The, the story yes. that you were reading? Yes. 
The, the part about how many incidents, how many prior incidents Five. for this particular officer? Five since 2019. Okay. But since none 2019. Of them, none of them resulted in disciplinary action. Okay. Uh, I think that that says a lot, too, about well, what we Well, Chris, watched. it also says something that none of them resulted in discipline. Uh, True. The, uh, the f- other folks might say that uh, means, yeah, they're not really handling their own. That's what the other side would Thank say you, immediately. Right, right. That That's you can get away with anything and, and not, you know, the disciplinary things mean nothing. Prior to George Floyd, right? Right. Yeah. I'm with John. Yeah. Well, uh... I'm just going to say it. I, I watched well, the video. This guy is a Chris, guy that shouldn't be a cop. I'm sorry. Well, Chris, what I, if... I think that's a strong statement on your part. Okay. I, I think it is. What if these five incidents, he was exonerated because it was proven that he was in the right, that he handled things correctly? That doesn't mean that and his that temperament... I, I guess I, I'm, what I'm drawing from this is he just strikes me as a guy that doesn't have the right temperament for that job. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And you recognize that he's working in an out-of-control environment, um, a madhouse situation where this, where there's drama every day. You're talking about the, the Aldi store. Well, yeah, but yeah, if you're, you're going to say that, you, you could exonerate a cop for anything in that area then. Yeah, yeah uh, you're right about you know. that. Yep. Well, it's a shame this... Uh, the city doesn't How? need this. But here and here no. I guess here's why I said it as strongly as I did. Because what this is going to do then is continue to fuel the narrative that all cops are bad. And yeah. that's the problem that I have with the behavior of this cop because not all cops are bad. And the guy and the people that are gonna hate what they're gonna watch are good cops. They're gonna be pissed off when they see this video, which I am right now. Okay, Chris. Um obviously we don't know what we don't know for sure what went down before they started rolling tape. True. After, from you know the zero zero mark, what should he have done differently? Well, number one, he he immediately got physical with uh, Billups. In, yep. in, immediately, he got yep. physical with Billups, yep. and then whipping him to the ground. It re. It, well, I'm not going to say what it reminded me of. But whipping him to the ground in in that way, it not only didn't make the situation better, as you can hear in the video, it's the guy it that's escalated. filming it saying, you're yeah. supposed to be de-escalating this situation. You're making it worse. Yeah. Then, Kenny, when they got outside of the parking lot, the uh, there's another officer that's in the street with his squad car. Right. And you can hear Billups tell him, I told you, you can't put your hands on me. And the officer responded with, yes, I can. Yeah. Well, and that's the other part. He says he's under arrest. What was he under arrest for? For talking to the officer? And his that's response was When he threw him down. His, his response was obstruction. Obstruction of what? Well, none of us have the wisdom of Solomon here. Uh, but uh, if, if you're going to base a conclusion merely on watching the four minutes of audio, uh, it's not difficult to arrive at the conclusion that the, uh, that the copper overreacted. And, and I know uh, I'm going to get pushback, and that's fine. Yeah. But, again, this is the last thing that this city needs right now. But, again, I don't think this w- we'd be talking about this if Billups was white. Mm, you might be right. I just don't think it would happen if he was white. Probably wouldn't make the news. I doubt if anybody would have filmed it if he was white. Oh, I don't well, know about maybe. that. Is there any weight to be given to Lang 
that he behaved as he did, even though he knew he was being filmed? In other words, oh, because there's more than one person filming this. I know. Did he know yeah. that he was in the in his mind he was behaving? Uh, appropriately. Well, he did respond to not the person of the video that we were watching, but there's another uh, kid in this, I don't know, kid, but a younger person in this video that's also filming him, and he's talking directly to that person. Yeah, yeah. I can find nothing doing a quick Google search of Troy Lee Billups. Wouldn't you think that most police officers, Minneapolis, St. Paul police officers, uh, are just generally assuming that somebody is filming them? I guess in this day well, and age, they, you would. They should, yes, yeah. they should. Well, let's leave it. I, I have no idea what to say. But uh, it's so ironic to have this happen, given that all the city's been through. And what is currently being held at the Hennepin County Courthouse. Mm -hmm. Do you see this video, and whatever the outcome may be, um, causing police officers to hesitate to get involved in things, you know what I mean? Yes, uh, I do. In fact, that's one of the thoughts I had watching this video. I, I was saying to myself, why don't you just forget it, Lang? It's no big deal. Well, that's just it. Given, <laughs> given the temperature, you know, read the room, yeah. Officer Lang. Yeah. Come on. But he might have a completely different story to tell. Let his superiors get to the bottom of it, and I... I I think the citizens would demand that they get to the bottom of it. I think what he initially, the reason he approached Billups was Billups was in a conversation. I don't know if it was heated, argumentative, whatever, with somebody else. And that person then in turn started to defend Billups in yeah. the video. There's an additional the, irony here. The mayor has just put together this large commission of about 35 people yeah. to essentially... Tell him how police reform should be undertaken and included are the absolute uh, proponents of, of defunding the police, probably because of actions like this, including Sheila Nazad is on the commission. And who's our attorney friend? Uh, her name escapes me. Nakima. Uh, the always available Nakima Levy Armstrong. Mm -hmm. She's on the committee. And my God, does this play into their hands? It's just a shame. It just plays into their hands. Because they'll just use this video. They'll bring it to the meeting and yeah. say, what about this? You know, this is what we've been talking about. What um, the hell? <laughs> uh, oh, I know what I was going to ask. Uh, can you tell GLers where to find this video, Chris? Uh, Fox 9 is where I got it. If you search the story on the Fox 9 website, um, it, there, there's a link to because I don't I don't have an Instagram account, but if you click on that link, you'll you will be able to watch the video from that we've, story. We've determined because of the language, we're not going to play it. No, we can't play it. Right, it, it would just be one constant bleep. Yeah. <laughs> Career criminal Daryl. Yes, uh, go ahead. Playing it would set the scene rather well. How, how far in is the first it, F word? It's instant, Al almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. I, I I think we should forego the rule in cases like this and play it, but that's just my opinion. Anyway, and we have in the past, and we yeah, could, and we, have. and we could, but it's it's not complete unless you're also seeing it. Correct. So it really doesn't do much good just to play the audio. Let GLers, if they want to, uh, weigh their own uh, decision and look at it. And none of us are police officers. It also is available on the Star Tribune's online story. It's, it's available there as well. 
Career criminal Daryl E. Brooks Jr. has emerged as the top suspect accused of plowing his red SUV through Waukesha, Wisconsin's annual Christmas parade. <laughs> what? What? What a, what a yeah. relief. Huh? We finally yeah. found somebody. Yeah. Found somebody. yeah. Uh, but just last week, Brooks was released from Milwaukee County Jail on a $1,000 bail. Uh, why is Jordy sending me this? Because uh, he's got a punchline for you. Milwaukee's District Attorney John Chisholm, one of a number of DAs around the country whose campaigns George Soros has helped bankroll, has worked for the last 15 years to change the city's approach to incarceration. In 2018, he tweeted how Milwaukee was making a commitment to keep individuals held on uh, to not keep individuals held on on uh, cash bail. When the pandemic hit, Milwaukee's woke Community Justice Council recommended criminals needed to be let out of jail immediately. The city obliged, reducing its jail population by 40 cents for a 40 percent. There's a piece in the New York Post today. There's a couple of pieces that really caught my attention. There's a piece in the New York Post called George Soros has blood on his hands. It's written by a guy named Robbie Starbuck. He's a Cuban-American filmmaker and a congressional candidate in 2022 in the state of Tennessee. And he said the crime, and I've reached out to Starbuck. I emailed him, and uh, I'm waiting to, in fact, during the next break, I'll see if he emailed me back. The crime wave sweeping across the country is the direct result of a years-long campaign by George Soros to bankroll the election of far-left district attorneys committed to undermining law and order. Over the last six years, Soros has poured tens of millions of dollars into the campaigns of DA candidates from coast to coast, achieving a remarkable degree of success by simply overwhelming all the other candidates. Whereas normal DA candidates typically run on five-figure budgets, Soros-backed DA candidates routinely enjoy seven-figure war chests. Wow. Soros is able to do this because federal campaign finance limitations do not apply to local races. Many states have adopted their own laws capping the amounts that individuals and or political action committees can contribute to candidates, but those laws are often riddled with loopholes. In some cases, the limits only apply to statewide races. In other cases, Soros can circumvent individual contribution limits by funneling money through the PACs he has set up for this purpose, which generally go by the ironic name of safety and justice. (laughs) The reason Soros has spent so much money on races that used to be relatively obscure, local affairs is straightforward. Just as President Barack Obama seized the notion of prosecutorial discretion to grant de facto amnesty to millions of illegal immigrants after failing to get amnesty amnesty passed by Congress, Soros recognizes that local prosecutors can exercise the same discretion to selectively enforce laws rather than spending tens of millions of dollars per state on numerous higher profile races for state lawmakers. He can spend comparatively smaller amounts on DA races, knowing that the outcome will determine how and even whether laws are enforced. Uh, the candidates Soros backs are so unapologetically far left that they make Bernie Sanders sound like Richard Nixon. Philadelphia DA Larry Krasner received $1,700,000 from Soros. Chicago DA Kim Fox, who treated Jesse Smollett with kid gloves after he concocted a story about a late-night assault, got $2 million. Hmm. Kim Gardner, the St. Louis Circuit Attorney who prosecuted the McCloskeys for defending their property. Remember that one? Hmm. 
yeah, also yep. received backing yep. from Soros. Thanks to Soros, San Francisco's DA is Chessa Budin, the son of weather underground terrorists and convicted murderers who once served as a translator for Venezuela's communist dictator Hugo Chavez. Once in office, these prosecutors implement policies that are tailor-made to increase crime and reduce public safety. They eliminate or significantly lower bail requirements, making it easier for criminals to get back out on the streets after being arrested. They refuse to prosecute certain crimes, such as vagrancy, prostitution, public urination. In recent years, they've even used the COVID pandemic as an excuse to release convicted criminals from prison, many of whom have gone on to reoffend. Uh, Soros pursues the same goals through other means, the bail project, which is which describes its purposes, disrupting the money bail system while it pursues the mission to end cash bail. Uh, that counts alumni of Soros backed organizations among its leadership. Well, we saw Yes for Minneapolis get a hundred grand from the Soros people mm-hmm. to help finance its defund the police movement. Uh, and then we go on to learn that uh, uh, the Soros approach shocked the entire country recently when the soft on crime policies of one of his prosecutors led directly to the massacre of an innocent party goers. Party goers. Parade goers, Joe, not party. Parade goers, including children and el- elderly grandmothers in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, Daryl Brooks was on the street because of bail reform laws. Uh, the culprit was a, we all know that he's a career criminal. It's not just the high-profile tragedies that demonstrate the dangers of Soros' DA network. Uh, every single day, Soros-backed prosecutors are cultivating a culture of lawlessness that puts uh-huh. residents at risk. Tell me again, where does the money go when they receive it? To their campaigns. So they just they obliterate their opposition by having untold thousands more to spend. Goes right into their campaign to get coffers. Elected, yeah. Wow. In Philadelphia, homicides have more than doubled since Larry Craster was elected DA in 2017. Cook County, Cook County, Illinois, at Chicago, has recorded more than a thousand homicides so far, the most since 1994. In San Francisco, where so-called quality-of-life crimes are no longer prosecuted, homeless is now being described as a humanitarian crisis. Uh, Robbie Starbuck believes Republicans must stand up against Soros-backed DA candidates. He's a congressional candidate. He said Republicans must stand up and get off their butt. Stop letting Soros purchase DA races by adequately funding candidates who will enforce the law and start publicly connecting the dots between Soros-funded prosecutors and crime. We must, take, uh, we must make those who take his money unelectable. I've been warning, Starbuck writes, I've been warning establishment Republicans for years that they need to get off their rear ends and do something about the growing network of Soros-backed prosecutors. The longer we let the far left execute the strategy unchallenged, the more innocent citizens will be made to suffer. We've seen it happening. It's happened here at the Truck Park Bar. One of the reasons I'm running for Congress in Tennessee next year is to challenge this sort of establishment apathy. There are few issues that even come close to matching the importance of law and order. Lives are literally at stake. And until conservatives start funding viable challengers to the Soros prosecutors, the crime wave that's taking place in communities all over the country is going to keep getting worse, and many more people will needlessly die. uh, That's the end of the Starbuck piece. But the reason I want to talk to him is is to answer the question I've always wondered. What's in it for Soros? So I've done some more homework. And you can find pieces that are praiseworthy of Soros. The Guardian in the UK, for example, thinks he does marvelous work. It, it's, it's, there's only two ways to look at Soros. 
He's either irredeemably evil or he genuinely believes that the judicial system has been unfair to marginalized people. Well, when you believe that, what you're also doing, however intentionally or unintentionally, is you're excusing the behavior of marginalized people. Correct. Yeah. You're making it acceptable merely because they're marginalized. Mm -hmm. No, you are. So Soros is a principal proponent of making people less than. Yeah. So he's either evil or he's just completely wrongheaded. There's no way he literally profits cash from this. There's no way he his his empire grows because repeat offenders are back out on the streets killing people. There's nothing in it for him monetarily that I can find. What would be in it for him? It's resulting in mayhem right. and anarchy. Now you get another piece from the New York Post that the uh, district attorney uh, in, in Milwaukee uh, does not accept responsibility. Uh, <laughs> this is that John Chisholm. Uh, Chisholm blamed the low bail on an early career assistant DA who was overloaded with cases and did not have access to a critical risk assessment for Brooks because it had not yet been uploaded to the office's case management system. The DA said a public safety assessment characterized Brooks' case as a high-risk situation. Chisholm, it's the system you put in place. He said a higher cash bail should have been recommended for Brooks and and, and, and that the error— set in motion a chain of events that resulted in a tragedy, one that you predicted, Chisholm, adding that his office will use a process called Sentinel Event Review to learn from such errors. Chisholm then told uh, Fox 6 he takes responsibility for the error before blaming the young staffer again. I'm not here to make excuses. I own any decision that's made by any member of my office. When I first ran in 07, I made a promise to the community to identify people by risk, Chisholm told the outlet. Well, you failed. But he said you had a young assistant district attorney trying to do the very best she could under difficult circumstances, and she made a mistake. He also brushed aside calls for his resignation. When things get tough, when tough things occur, the response shouldn't be to quit, to run away from the problem, he said. The obligation I have is to lead my people so they can continue doing the work they do every single day, which is trying to keep people safe. This guy's full of BS. Your whole system does not keep people safe. No, it's the opposite. <laughs> you are so full of B as in B, S as in S. I can't believe the people of Milwaukee are not taking to the streets with pitchforks and lit brooms. No. Run this moron out of there. He's placing you and your family in extreme but danger. you can raise all the ruckus you want. He, this guy is so protected, he won't be removed. Remember, nobody ran against him last yeah, time. He, he ran, got 97% he of the votes. He ran unopposed. Meanwhile, Brooks also has another pending case in Milwaukee from July 2020 in which he is charged with reckless endangering and illegal possession of a firearm. Police said they were called to his home after he allegedly fired his gun during a dispute with his nephew. His cash bail in that case was initially set at ten grand before being reduced to $7,500, the DA's office said. The bail was reduced again to just $500, which he posted. 
after the case was adjourned because his demand for a speedy jury, jury trial it's, could not be met. It's almost like it's a negotiation at a garage sale. Ah, uh, it's ten grand for bail. Well, I can't afford that. Okay, well, then it's seventy-five. Oh no, I can't afford that either. All right, five hundred bucks. You're Wait out. a second. <laughs> whose whose fault is it that he ran unopposed? The the believers in law and order. Mm-hmm. And which party? Republicans. Thank you. Well, we saw it here. <laughs> Republicans yep. invest no time in urban yep. twin cities. None. Yep. They think they can't win, so they don't even try. Chisholm, who's been the DA for 14 years, has been a longtime advocate of efforts to reduce mass incarceration by using prosecutorial prosecutorial discretion. That's according to CNN. And now Brooks is held on $5 million bail. Uh, and I, I continue to hold my breath that that will not be met because nothing would surprise me anymore. But why was there even bail at all for Brooks? Why, why any bail at all? Why even create that chance, however slim, that, uh, that it could be achieved? It's just amazing to me. Just back, back to Soros amazing. really quick. Yeah. Could it just be... I've had this thought for a while, but could it just be he's 91, he knows he's probably near the end, and he's trying to go out in a blaze of glory? Yeah, but he's been doing this for years. True. Yeah, this is nothing new. This is yeah. not new. Okay. Yeah. But, it, but what, what, how recent? 10 years or so? Oh, God, I bet longer. Than longer than that. Yeah, okay. into, the, into the 1990s, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guys like that survive when the country converts to uh, socialism. Right, he he's still one of the movers and shakers and the big money guys. He's not standing in a soup line ever, right? No, no, yeah. he's not. And and but he's always I, protected. But I'm I'm going to uh, uh, cling to my two conclusions: a, he's either evil, or b, he he thinks he's doing something good. <laughs> now, see, I don't believe that. Well, I know, but what else do you have? Where else are you going to go with it? I, and I don't buy. <laughs> I'm not ripping you, but I don't buy the notion that he isn't in some way going to profit from this. He's probably found a way. We just don't know what it is. I can't imagine what it would be. Because guys like this aren't stupid. They know exactly how to make money when they take a breath every day. I'm extending personally. Yeah. Have you confirmed this with the owner yet? No. I haven't got an email. I haven't heard. But I'm, gonna, I'm extending personally EcoFund Motorsports Black Friday sale through tomorrow. Okay. I'm doing it on my own. And I really, really hope this works so I don't get a big check. <laughs> I mean, so I don't get asked to write a big check. Pre-COVID pricing for uh, three days only? Uh, forget that. The mayor of Garage Logic says you get to uh, EcoFund Motorsports today and tomorrow, and that sale will continue through close of business tomorrow. Twelve ninety nine on Trooper One Twenty Five and Commander One Twenty Five Youth ATVs. Twelve ninety nine on all those great gas powered scooters that turn urban errands into adventures. Pre-COVID pricing on electric bikes thirteen ninety nine for. Uh, the Florence step-through electric bike, the seventeen ninety-nine for uh, this brand, which the printer didn't tell me what it was, but they're all marvelous. <laughs> they're all marvelous, and they're experts on electric bikes at EcoFund Motorsports. Ten uh, percent off all Yamaha clothing and hats. Uh, Nine ninety-nine on Scout One Ten Youth ATVs. They have great recreational equipment at EcoFund Motorsports. 
for uh, youth. Uh, great winter storage programs, great pickup and delivery programs. And I, I, I know I'm taking a bit of a risk here. I'm, I'm entering where angels fear to tread, but I'm extending, personally extending, the uh, EcoFund Motorsports Black Friday sale through tomorrow. What's tomorrow? December 4th, Saturday, December 4th. That's EcoFund Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here with a couple of questions for you. Are you noticing a decrease in the following? Maybe strength, endurance, enjoyment of life, libido, or maybe it's just a lack of energy. Are you tired of feeling exhausted even after you eat dinner? I've got an answer for you. You need to call my friends at Everest Men's Health. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every single area important to a man's overall health. And that allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It does not matter where you fall on the spectrum of men's health. The time is right now to come into Everest Men's Health and take the first steps toward realizing your best health possible. The great thing about Everest is their medical specialists look at the entire picture and they figure out what is causing these changes to you. They start with a full medical evaluation to check testosterone levels, important vitamin levels, blood levels, and overall body composition. And once they identify the deficiencies, such as low T or vitamin deficiencies, they create a personalized lifestyle program that can include testosterone, testosterone replacement, medication management, vitamin and natural supplementation, and exercise prescription and nutritional guidance. Trust me, Everest is fantastic, and they provide a comfortable environment that is not intimidating like other medical clinics. They specialize in men's health, and they can be your doctor for all your health needs, and they will refer you to a specialist if needed. It's a wonderful environment and fantastic people. Go online right now to EverestMensHealth.com, and you can call today to schedule your $50 testosterone test at any one of their three locations in Woodbury, Plymouth, and now in and please let them know that you heard about them on the Garage Logic podcast. Jesus. Oh, wow. This guy wears <laughs> many hats. I think he's ready. Not indoors. Joe Souchere. Is this a new song, Chris? No, Boy, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I received new copy points from Rich at MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com. Number one, Rich has plenty of Liberty Centurion 12, 18, 24. Uh, safes available, loaded with accessories, ammo cans, they're available. Liberty's best-selling safe, the Lincoln, is in store. Only a limited quantity of these uh, safes were produced of this unit. It's a white gloss flag safe with a five-spoke handle, a door panel, and a scan logic locks. Another truckload of safe uh, uh, safes. I have a hard time saying that. Safes uh, arriving uh, shortly here in December, so there's plenty in stock. No waiting. You can buy today. You can take home or even have them delivered and set up for you. Special orders? Yeah, of course, they're available. And the fourth and last point, and the one Kenny loves the, mo the most, stretch your cash out with the holidays and finance a safe. 12-month, uh, same-as-cash financing is available. How do you say no to that? Uh, Rich, though, you know, left out the two most important parts. Number one, the address in Maple Grove, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, and, of course, the web address, which we should all know by now, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. John, how's this to start your news? Los Angeles police recently arrested 14 suspects in connection with 11 smash-and-grab robberies in the city in late November, but all 14 suspects are back on the street because of zero <laughs> bail policy. Ooh, here's John oh, Hyde. That'll take care of it. That's yeah. good. And I'll, I'll add a little bit to that story. It was $340,000 worth of merchandise. So it's not like they walked in and took a sweater. Right. I mean, it was, uh, wow. it was a lot of stuff. 
Uh, and if you're wondering how all this happened, there's a statewide policy of imposing zero dollars bail for misdemeanors and lower level felonies. That's been in place for a while. The L.A. County Superior Court System kept it last year. How, so, uh, how do these people not see this? Are they well, that blind? Yes. Well, I mean, I guess you no, do have the, the White House press secretary blame the pandemic for the looting. It's the right? pandemic. That's right. right. Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, jury, jury selection is now finished in the trial of former Brooklyn Center police officer Kimberly Potter. Two alternates chosen this morning. The alternates will hear the case and step in if any among the 12 jurors can't continue. Otherwise, the alternates will go home before closed door deliberations in Hennepin County District Court. Opening statements are expected in the trial no later than this upcoming Wednesday. Potter is charged with manslaughter in the shooting of 20-year-old Dante Wright. Potter thinking she had pulled her taser instead had pulled her service revolver and shot Wright. Every Minnesota state trooper will now be outfitted with a body-worn camera by the end of next June. The body-worn cameras, according to Colonel Matt Langer, give us an opportunity to have an undeniable record of what occurred roadside to augment what happens with the squad video. Uh, Langer says state troopers had more than 410,000 interactions with the public in 2020, most of those traffic stops or accident scenes. However, they also faced some criticism and lawsuits over actions they took responding to protests last year. Langer said, although we'd like to think every state trooper is perfect, we're also human beings as are members of the public. So the interaction captured on body-worn cameras will hold everyone accountable and we'll have a record of what actually occurred between the trooper and the member of the public. Anoka Hennepin Schools, the latest metro district to modify its upcoming winter break schedule, citing staffing shortages and mental health needs in the district. The district said this morning that two school days will be impacted, Wednesday, December 22nd, and Monday, January 3rd. There'll be no school for students either day. On the 22nd, the district will be closed, and on the 3rd, they'll use it as a staff planning day. The plan was supported by the school board following reviewing staffing trends over the last few years and scrutinizing the past two months. A not-so-pleasant record for St. Paul. A man was fatally stabbed on St. Paul's east side Thursday night. That marks the 35th killing of the year, the deadliest stretch in the capital city's history. Officers responding to the 1700 block of East 7th Street just before 8 p.m. on a report of an assault. They located an unresponsive man in his 20s with a stab wound to the chest. He was transported to Regions Hospital where he later died of his injuries. That killing, it represents a grim milestone for St. Paul. They've now surpassed their single-year homicide record. In 2020, following historic levels of gun violence, the city had tied its record at 34 deaths. The stabbing gives them 35 for this year. Congratulations, Joe. Not my, I didn't kill anybody. Ramsey County, Ramsey County Medical Examiner's Office will release the victim's name pending uh, in a family notification, and no arrests have been made so far in that case. Prosecutors in Michigan took a rare step this morning by filing involuntary manslaughter charges against the parents of that 15-year-old accused of fatally shooting four students in the halls of Oxford High School. The office of Karen McDonald, the prosecutor in Oakland County, Michigan, filed four charges of involuntary manslaughter against James and Jennifer Crumley, one for each of the students killed. Law enforcement authorities say that Crumley, the father, legally bought the 9mm Sig Sauer handgun four days 
before his son used it to carry out the country's deadliest school shooting this year. Hours before the attack, he and his wife had met with school officials who were concerned about their son's behavior. And I didn't see this, Chris, but I think you mentioned before we went on yep, the air. It was a drawing, of a drawing of a gun, correct? Uh, yeah, inclu- uh, this is, it's from Local 4 TV in Detroit. Uh, prosecutor mm-hmm. says the teen was, teen was with his father when the gun was purchased on Black Friday. A uh, gun was a gift for the 15-year-old. Teachers reported disturbing drawings and online searches by Crumley, and the gun was stored in an unlocked drawer inside the house. Got it. Wow. Uh, a group of lawyers who took former President Trump's bogus claims of widespread election fraud to the courts have been ordered to pay $175,000 in sanctions fees. Nine lawyers, including ex-Trump Rep. Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood, were ordered to pay 21 and a further 153000 in fees for the city of Detroit, a state and city named as defendants in the election fraud lawsuit filed by Trump lawyers. Paul making other news, too. A federal grand jury has uncovered evidence that she filed false incorporation papers with the state of Texas for a nonprofit she heads. It's called Defending the Republic. In the incorporation papers, Powell, who filed lawsuits across the U.S. questioning the election, listed two men who said she had served with her on the organization's board of directors, even though neither one of them said they gave Paul permission to do so. American employers added another 210,000 jobs to the economy in November. That's fewer than expected, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The smallest number of jobs added to the U.S. economy since December 2020, when the economy actually shed jobs amid a surge of COVID cases. Economists had expected more than double the number of jobs created in November, forecasting a continuation of the economic recovery over the past two months. Instead, the November jobs gain was more reminiscent of the pre-pandemic economy, where employers added a smaller but steady number of positions. A uh, novel way to try to avoid the COVID-19 vaccine comes to us from Italy. A man in northern Italy brought a silicone arm to his COVID-19 vaccination. <laughs> what? Just brought an extra arm with him? In, 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 well, he was he was wearing it. Oh. In, in an attempt to obtain... <laughs> to, trying to uh, gain a green pass without actually getting the vaccine. In Italy, you need a green pass. Uh, it's a oh. digital certificate that allows you to get into stores or... Put it right in, in this No, not where, that arm. Put it in this arm. Where do you get a silicone yeah, Where do you arm? get an arm? I can get you an you arm. You get one well, on eBay? I can get you an arm by 3 o'clock. <laughs> The 50-year-old man who arrived at the clinic in Biala was questioned after a health care worker became immediately suspicious about the color and feel of his arm. I would hope so. Shoot, I got caught. He was, uh, he was asked to show his entire arm, and when he did, he was promptly reported to the Carabinieri, the Italian police, for fraud. The case borders on being ridiculous, according to the regional director, Alberto Siero, were it not for the fact that we're talking about an extremely serious act, he called it unacceptable in light of the sacrifice that the pandemic is making everyone else in the he's, community. So pay. he's in trouble. Yeah. Why, why not just grab the rubber arm and smack him upside the head with it and send him home? Yeah. And then and then stick the needle in his real arm. Really. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, the I watched a video this morning in Australia where um, I can't imagine what people are going through right now. Yeah. So there's a woman and she has a hidden camera and there's health officials that come up to her her condo and they say oh, well you can't go past this line here you go past this line without a mask on we have to find you five thousand dollars and it's three inches away from where she's sitting and she said you're serious yeah i, c- I can sit here without a mask right but if i sit over here then i'm in trouble 
<laughs> I see you and John are wearing baseball jerseys. In, we uh, are. In uh, honor of the memory of the young fellow in uh, Waukesha who was killed in the yeah. parade, Jackson Sparks. Yep, jerseys you from your, Jackson. Uh, Fairbow Lakers jersey on. I do. And John has a Twins jersey on. I uh, did see a, a picture just moments ago from Hanover, mm-hmm. the city of Hanover, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, an entire, I believe it was the football squad. Fantastic. The, the Hanover jersey. would have called school. me. I have a uh, Bob Hanna Yamaha jersey circuit 1978. Oh, no, it's, it's baseball jerseys, Kenny. Baseball oh, jerseys. Oh, because that was Jackson's favorite sport was can't baseball. Can't do a motocross. No, no. No jersey. Jeez. And uh, both Reavers boys also wore their baseball Wonderful. jerseys to school cool. today. Cool. Yep. Honda is recalling about 725,000 SUVs and pickup trucks. Uh, this is not a, a good thing to have happen. The hoods can apparently open while the vehicles are moving. I don't like that. I don't like that. Recall covers certain 2019 passports, 2016 through 2019 pilots, and 2017 through 2020 Ridgeline pickups. Honda says in documents posted Friday by U.S. safety regulators that the hood latch striker can become damaged and separate from the hood. Dealers dealers would either repair the striker or replace the hood if necessary at no cost to owners. Honda will notify owners by letter starting January 17th. The worldwide total is 788,931. About 725,000 of those are in the United States. What are you supposed to do between now and January 19th? (laughs) Hope. Cross your fingers. Cross your fingers. Duct tape. (laughs) From Great Britain, a story that seemed so fantastic I had to verify this at several websites just to make sure it was true. Army bomb squad technicians sent to a hospital after a man arrived with a World War II anti-tank shell lodged in his rectum. Medics hmm. called for specialist support Rectal. after the man... Pres- Damn near killed Damn him. Damn near killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Medics called for specialist support after the man presented in the accident and emergency unit of the which, Gloucestershire. Which, en- which yes, end of the I'm shell? Sorry. Which end of the shell was in the uh, sunshine I state? I hope it was in the pointed end. The man could not remove the 57-millimeter shell and showed up at the me. hospital. I, I don't know, you Tell me. Reporting isn't what he used Reporting to be. Reporting isn't what he used to be, exactly. Neither are reporters. Yeah. The military collector claimed... Uh, his armor-piercing munition was from his own private arsenal. He told medics the 80-year-old explosive device became lodged after he tripped and fell awkwardly. Hold on. Hold on. Is that a, we don't, we don't that? know that. A source told the son the guy and said I he found it. I just happened to have my pants off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Guy said he found the shell when he was uh, cleaning out his stuff. He said he put it on the floor and slipped and fell on it, and then he told them, quote, it went up his... That's a, that old story. Mm. I bet they hear that about once a week, don't yeah. they? He was uh, in considerable amount of pain, uh, according to hospital folks. How did end up uh, up there, Mr. Souchere? I have no idea. <laughs> police, police were called to the hospital, as was an Army bomb squad. The second source told The Sun it was a solid shot round. It was a chunky pointed lump of lead. There you go, Kenny. There's your answer. Chunky pointed lump of lead designed to rip through a tank's armor. Basically an inert lump of metal. No risk of life. Hospital spokesperson confirmed that relevant safety protocols were followed and there were no risk to staff. 
they sent the bomb squad after a request from local police. Everything uh, came out okay. Well, they put their feet on the guy's it. ass and then just yanked the hell out like of it? I mean, how do you get it, it out? Mr. Suchere, how did this lawn sprinkler end up in this position? Uh, <laughs> care to explain? I, uh, I deny everything. I deny everything. <laughs> deny, deny, deny. Yeah, I deny. The town of Bucksport, Maine, is warning local businesses to be on the lookout for fake money. Uh, This seems pretty easy. I don't know how this happened. The town discovered what they say is a significant number of fake $1 bills that had been accepted at both the town office and the town transfer station. It should have been somewhat obvious the bills across the top have motion picture use in capital letters printed on them. Reavers, yeah, are we calling were... Pat or is he calling us? Uh, we're going to call him in a couple minutes. <laughs> All right. yeah, I, I, I've been in communication. All right. The town says most places check bills, $20 and larger, but they don't uh, look at $1 bills very closely. The police there are looking into it. I'm just glad Pat remembered us today. Yeah. It's been a while. In South Carolina, a story that needs more explanation, but we don't get it. Bullets in a toaster oven caused a fire at a Greenwood-assisted living facility Sunday night. According to the Greenwood Police Department, the incident happened at Morningside Assisted Living Facility. Officers, along with the Greenwood City Fire Department and Greenwood County Emergency Services, responded to the scene where they were advised gunshots had been heard at the location. Officers found a small fire inside one resident's room. The resident was found unconscious, taken to the hospital. He'll be okay. He was treated for smoke inhalation. Officials said it appeared the fire started because the resident put several rounds of ammunition into a toaster oven. Hmm. What was Grandpa Ca- trying to do? Get it in his mouth. <laughs> Causing the ammunition to discharge and uh, oh. making employees think that a shooter was on the property. The fire was quickly extinguished. appears to have been contained to that one room. According to officers, no other injuries reported. All residents were safely accounted for by the staff. Uh, the part of the story I think is missing there is why did he put them there? That's a good point. They're here. probably wet. He thought he was going to dry them out. If your really? ammo gets wet, throw it away or, or dispose of it. Yeah. I, I can't. That's the only thing I can think of. Huh. I got a note from Matt Carstensen. He's a sign guy up in Alexandria. Do you need a sign? sign? You need and, a sign? And I thought I'd send you a picture of my sign truck in front of the world-famous Grunhofer sign with the GL logo. Nice. Oh, yeah, I can get you a sign. <laughs> I'll have the deluxe potato salad gone by the time I get home. And he sent the picture. It's a big truck oh. with it, so he can go up and put big signs oh, up. And okay. So he's got the potato salad. God knows what else he ate on the way home, but the uh, picture is from the original Grunhofer's location on Highway 61, just north of uh, downtown Hugo, where I'm sure he loaded up on the meatloafs and the Wagyu steaks and burgers and the brats and the ham and the bacon and the chicken and the soup meats and the the, the deluxe potato salad. I got to get up there and just get that. I want to try that. That sounds really good. Is there anything better than meatloaf and potato salad? That makes for a hell what of a are you meal. Doing to me? Yeah, I know. It makes for a hell of a meal. Uh, there's also a new Grunhofer's location. That's in Forest Lake. It's on Highway 97, just east of Interstate 35. Both locations serving GLers proudly uh, from all over the world. People come to Grunhofer's. They, they make a pilgrimage mm-hmm. because it's that good. It is that it's good. It's just that good. Grunhofer's old fashioned meats.
The Canopy Group is an insurance agency that is unique by offering 16 carefully selected companies for home and auto insurance. Listen, this is the holiday season. Would you be satisfied if the only dessert you could have this year was fruitcake made by one person's fruitcake? Boy, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? That's like having one agent representing one company as your insurance option. Meanwhile, your neighbor creates an exchange with 40 family members. They have a variety of desserts, fudge, cutouts, gingerbread, all that good stuff. The Canopy Group knows it is all about options. That's why their insurance agency offers these 16 companies. They have 40 licensed agents working behind the scenes to ensure you always have the best coverage at the best price. Remember, Canopy clients' average savings annually is over $800. This holiday season, don't get stuck with the fruitcake. Get options with the Canopy Group. 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. I don't care if I am jinxing them. There's going to be a parade in St. Paul in June. A parade with the Stanley Cup. I said on Twitter last night, they're so good it's boring. All this winning is boring. I want to know when do the Western Conference Finals start. That's all I care about. I'll I'll pay attention when they get to the Western Conference Finals. The rest of it is just preliminary nonsense. They've got a seven-point lead in their division. I know. It's just amazing. They're really a good-looking team. You know what the key is? They have four good lines. Yeah, yeah. You only need two and a half. I know, and they got four. And the commie's a thriller, man. He is good. My uh, six-year-old and I were in attendance last night, Patrick, sitting next to the owner, and I he was going to say that Kaprasov is underpaid. Pay that man <laughs> extra money, Craig. But he didn't say that. No, huh? no, no. He did not. You say said that. Twitter. He told him that. But he did. <laughs> no, I texted that to you guys as a joke. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, How did you get in that booth? Well, it was the uh, the Hubbard Broadcasting uh, team oh, was there last okay. night. Yeah, that's right. Craig is right next door, right? Yep, yep. yep. And don't talk but to him during not, the game. Do not speak to him during the game. <laughs> he does not like communication. This is uh, He's got to be shocked by this, though, that uh, he survived the 11 months of Paul Fenton, who every move Fenton made turned to magic. By the way, <laughs> we got all bad at him. And then he got rid of that lousy nucleus that they waited five years to do something with. You know, his most underrated move might be Felino. by the way. That guy's a good player. They're all yeah. They're all pretty yeah. damn good. Mm-hmm. There are not a lot of dogs on that team, Mm-mm. if any. I don't think there's any. Any. No. I like Pitlick. I like Pitlick. He's a good player. I like this Evanson, too. Yep. Evanson. Well, they got Pitlick free, right? Wasn't he on waivers? They I can't claimed remember. him, right? Yep. Because the teams were cutting and... Uh, you know, he's a good local boy, tough kid. Both so, uh, Gearin and Evanson. Is it Evanson? Evanson. Evanson. Both Gearin and Evanson do not suffer fools gladly. No. They're going to tell you what they want, and you better perform, or that's it. They're, they're, uh, they've got a nice attitude. Particularly Garen. Mm-hmm. Particularly Garen. As they were debating whether to cut, or, cut uh, Parisi or Suter, uh, Garen said, I got a better idea. Both. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's uh, it is pretty phenomenal. That's for sure. So, so uh, there was a video that surfaced, boys. By the way, uh, it's a viral TikTok video of a very attractive blonde mm-hmm. who was uh, had very had been gifted very nice seats by a Dallas Stars player. And the video pans to and, it, and there's a caption associated with it, and it said. When you're not the only one being given tickets by a Dallas Stars player, there's four blondes sitting in a row, Whoa. and they're all just saying, yep, and they all have his jersey on. Really? <laughs> God bless pro hockey players. Maybe man. they all know. Maybe they've all been in the same group. That yeah. could be. You know, that could be. You know, that stuff happens, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've only heard rumors on that one. Tell you that, but, uh, Pat, I got a uh, message for you from Bill Stein, our friend Bill Stein. Yes, Billy. Don't let Patrick say there is no way the Vikings can lose against the Lions on Sunday. Pat's record on calling locks <laughs> is just as bad or worse than the success of Garage Logic endorsing political candidates. Oh, no, dear Lord, no. Well, here's the deal. Here we if go. I had spent my whole career saying the Vikings were going to beat the Lions, I'd be in pretty good shape. That's true. Because yep. uh, if, if the Vikings didn't have the Lions, we'd have a whole different view of this franchise. Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't have lost, let's put it this way, they wouldn't have lost so many big games mm-hmm. because they wouldn't have been in that many big <laughs> games if they didn't get to play the worst franchise in the history of sports. Right. Just got ejected. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, it. I, I I don't see how it can happen, but uh, I was talking to Mackie and Judd earlier today, and I said I know one thing: if they do lose, we're all going to blame it on Cousins, mm-hmm. no matter what happens. Nope, I'm already prepared that. to do that. Well, they damn near should have lost to him the first time they played him. Yeah, but that was before they opened up the offense and were reminded that Justin Jefferson was on the team. Yeah, so that's true. That was they were playing uh, very close to the best for some reason. What's with the Cowboys? I talked to Jerry Kill for a half hour today, the new New Mexico State coach. How is the killer? He's hanging in there, uh, hoping that, uh, you know, he, he told me why he took this job. It was the only school in the country that offered him one. <laughs> <laughs> is he still uh, having seizures? Uh, not bad now. He's had him pretty well under control. At Rutgers in 2017, when he was there, he got run over on the sidelines, and he had him bad there for a while. Yeah, I don't think he has him as bad uh, now, but uh, he's got uh, this is uh, one of the worst jobs in the country. So, uh, uh, good luck to him. But I'll tell you one thing: in a nice, casual conversation with Jerry with uh, Jerry Kill, yeah. It's like Bernsey has come back from the grave. Really? <laughs> A little salty, is he? Even even by my standards, I'm impressed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a little yeah, salty. A hell of a uh, game. I mean, I mean, <laughs> shit, uh, for uh, 23 bucks, if you can get more excitement than that. Uh. <laughs> how, how about the Notre Dame coach? Kelly, the Irishman, having a southern accent. Oh, it's fantastic. (laughs) Boy, did he leave his club in a lurch. Yes, he really did. What a Bush League move. Pat, there's a video Johnny Height and I were discussing before where there's this kid. I only saw it because Chipper retweeted it, but he does various college football coaches. 
and he it's a video of Nick Saban. He does a great Nick Saban talking to Brian Kelly, welcoming him to LSU, and he says, now, where, where'd you get that accent from? Aren't you from Massachusetts? <laughs> it's really well, funny. That just, that just showed up last night. I said on Twitter, I'd be more impressed if, if I'd be more impressed if he had a Cajun accent <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when he did that. That'd be a little harder. So Kelly's going that. to LSU. Yes, sir. Yeah. And Notre yeah, Dame's eleven and one. Yep. Where are they headed? Well, we don't know uh, yet. They could squeeze if uh, if the right teams lose, they could get in the playoff. But they're probably going to be in. They'll be in one of the New Year's Day bowl games. Yeah. yeah. But they're very happy down there. They got the 35-year-old uh, guy, Marcus Freeman, who uh, is a black kid and uh, defensive coordinator, only been there a year, but he his efforts helped them put together the best recruiting class they've had in years that they're going to sign here this month. And uh, everybody wanted him. They all, were, they all got in on his bandwagon. He's keeping the young offensive coordinator with him. None of the Alabama coaches are leaving to go with Kelly to LSU. So uh, they're happy in, Al- in at Notre Dame. Okay. Now, now they've been diluted in the past, uh, you know, with uh, young coaches that they thought were wonderkins that didn't quite work out like Jerry Faust. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll see. But they, they, they're all – there was a big campaign to uh, get this guy the job rather than wait for Luke Fickle, the guy at Cincinnati, or, uh, or the guy at uh, Matt Campbell at Iowa State. They, those were the other two. And uh, they went with this kid because they wanted to, mostly because they wanted to keep that recruiting class together, I believe. All right. Pat, how long is the lockout going to last? What's going on here? Uh, they, they, re- they played the first game in 95 on uh, April 25th after they came, they tried replacement ball and all that. I'm saying later. I'm saying May. Really? Oof. I'm predicting May. Yes. Isn't that the last thing baseball needs right now? Yes. Unless you're a Twins fan, the fewer games, the better. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did you did you see uh, did you see uh, Levine's quote? I was there for it. It didn't strike me until I read it about how they're trying to uh, put together the. Well, first of all, he said that uh, we we look at this as a championship caliber team. Uh, I said on Twitter, I think he violated the Haver, Haverford College honor code by saying that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he should have been suspended. And then he also said they're trying to put together the perfect roster. Ah. So, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with those guys. Don't they know they stink? Mm-hmm. You know. So. All right, Patrick, thank you. Yes, it's Friday, and with only two reminders from Reavers, I remember. That a boy. <laughs> that a boy. All right. I have new information on yesterday's common surface savings and loan ruling request when okay. we come back. Our friend Julia, who writes frequently, oh, she wrote, much of this is too nice to even read on the air. But remember she said her daughter had a malaprop that was, metaphorically, how long was this going to take? Yeah. 
Well, what she meant was hypothetically, hypothetically. how long is this going to take? <laughs> and she wishes us a happy Advent season, Julia. Uh, by the way, oh. you are getting several requests to write that book. What book? The Malaprop book. I know, I'm, but I never kept all of them. Well, let's make them up. Thank God just, I didn't. Yeah, just make them up. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, Howard Clary's wanted us to wanted me to rule on uh, the amount of money that might be kept uh, in the common surface savings and loan uh, element of the show, and he uh, he recounted that his wife uh, found a hundred. Well, not we don't know how much she found. She found a stack of a hundred dollar bills. I thought it was a roll. Well, here I'm going to get to oh. that. Uh, Mr. Mayor, during the discussion regarding the common surface savings and loan, you uh, co- commented that reporting isn't what it used to be, and you were right. I did live. I did leave out key information that would have possibly swayed a jury. My only defense for accidentally omitting it is that I'm not a trained journalist, which leads me to asking who supposedly trained journalists, why supposedly trained journalists omit details, but that's another topic altogether. The full scenario. My wife pulled in to fuel up. She got out of her vehicle, began the transaction, put the nozzle in the tank, and turned back to the driver's door for a moment. When she turned back around to keep an eye on the fuel nozzle, the cash was laying on the ground. It hadn't been previously. It was a folded stack of unbound and very crisp $100 bills. They landed in a tent-like position. Mm. Based on first evidence, she believes that it had likely been recently gotten from a bank, folded, and put into a pocket. A very male trait. It is rare a woman uh, puts cash in their pocket. Maybe a Craigslist transaction and meeting in a parking lot close by. Unknown. She even went so far as to ask a motorist next to her if he had dropped any cash, and he indicated he hadn't. After she showed him how much cash it was, I'm betting he wished he had answered differently. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) At any rate, she took it into the cashiers, and you know the rest. Not asking for an amended ruling, I'm only offering a more complete story with the hope of landing a much coveted position as a roving reporter for the GL uh, Sentinel, unless you've named a different media outlet as the official newspaper of GL Best Howard. Well, I'm still Howard. You're still letting me down. I still, now I'm more confused. I'm more confused. Wait a minute, Howard. Hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. I'm led to believe it's hers, Howard, and she's holding out on you. She got out of her vehicle, began the transaction, which is pressing which octane level and whatever, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. she puts the nozzle in the tank, turned back to the driver's door for a moment, and then turned back around to watch the transaction, and there was the cash. Now, does that imply that she didn't initially see it when she began her fueling process? Yeah, or was it? I mean, not where did there? it come from? If she didn't, pre- if she did, if she had previously seen it, no, she didn't previously see she it. Didn't. It was only when she turned around again that she found a folded I'm, stack of unbound, crisp one hundred dollar bills. Don't we just have to assume that it was there and she just didn't spot it? That's what we have to assume. It was there and she didn't notice it. Now she noticed it. I'm sticking with mine, uh, with could, my could solution. Also have been uh, from an ATM, because he said they were like this, maybe somebody just, because they're always fresh out of the ATM, the 100s. Yeah. Maybe somebody just got them, got gas, came out accidentally, they somehow dropped them, and they landed there just sitting yeah. there like that. Right. Because he said they were they're like sitting like this. And, yeah. Well, uh, you know I mean? <laughs> my solution was to go back in, 
uh, tell the cashiers what transpired, and if someone comes back and can describe what they uh, what they lost and how. What it, was what was the total, Joe? We don't know. We don't know that. She. I don't think she ever counted the money. No, she didn't. Yeah. No. Um, because most people have a restriction on how much you can get out of the ATM. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't, yeah. I've never used an ATM. What? I don't. I don't have the card. God. You've he goes never to the bank. He, he goes to the bank. I go to the bank. He needs money. Yeah. And if he bank. needs money on a Saturday, he's up. <laughs> no, he's, I, I have enough. Plus he's my up bank's PJ open on a Saturday. He's up PJ Fleck Crick. No, my <laughs> bank's open. In fact, I have to go to the bank tomorrow. Well, Howard, if you can add any more, I'm willing to prolong <laughs> this. Uh, maybe you just want to clear up how she came about it and whether she does she believe that it wasn't there and suddenly it was there it seems like something that best uh, would be handled uh, off the air joe maybe uh, <laughs> we can probably deal with that off off the air uh i have, a, I, I have to get another another I need, email i need a ruling myself yeah for the first time in my life twice <laughs> twice today two people two different people asked me requested my address for the sake of, um, <laughs> evidently, they're going to send me a Christmas card. Right. One person you know, the other person you don't. What is protocol here? Do I have to now get their addresses and send them a Christmas card? That's what because, civilized people do, but we're not expecting one from you. Would you do that? I, I'm no. not in charge yes. of that department. In, I have nothing to do in, with it. In John? that case, Joe, could... Could you give me your address right now, please? No, I'm not Joe. going to give it to you. Reavers? 123 Main Street. Jess, Reavers? Uh, yeah, well, I always... That. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's no answer. If we get one in the mail, we send one. We send one back. If we that's get what one people mail, do, Kenny. Yeah. 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 In fact, uh, the CP has a master list and things get fact, added. Well, you tell that socialist uh, she's not going to get a card from me. That's in fact, uh, Kenny, socialist. inside my home... Yeah, we oh. have a uh, we have yeah. a Christmas tree frame. Chris, I don't really care. I no, just no, no. wanted to I'm get getting, in the socialist line. I'm getting okay. <laughs> it was just one big setup, Chris. But it's a Christmas tree frame that holds Christmas cards. That sure. hangs on the wall. Sure. It's interesting. Yeah. Sure, that's and good. we play the game yeah. in my house. Yeah. Who the bleep yeah. is that? Yep. Oh yeah. Because half the people that are on this thing, I have I've never met them before in my life. Let's 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 go home. Only one thing happened <laughs> on this day in history, and we learn it from the traveling Lymans, Lymans who are ensconced in Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa. Okay. One thing on this day, uh-huh. December 3rd, 1842, Charles A. Pillsbury was born in New Hampshire. After moving to Minneapolis uh. in 1869, he would... Team the flour. He would learn the flour milling business and help introduce roller mills that could crush Minnesota's spring wheat into high-grade bread flour. Upon his death in 1899, the Pillsbury Washburn Flour Mills Company would be the largest in the world. Huh. And that's what you have on this wow. day in Minnesota history. Boy, it's been a rough couple of weeks, hasn't it? But that's a, a pretty big of people. That's a pretty big piece of history. That's yeah. a big history. Yeah. And yeah. you know yeah. the rest of the story. Of the story. Of the story. <laughs> All right. Thank you, GLers. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs> yes. GLers, please do us a favor and uh, hit that subscribe button on the old Garage Logic YouTube page, and you can join the thousands of GLers that have already joined the party. 
where we're posting daily content that you can also see on I'm, all uh, of our social media channels. Getting sweaty now. She knows these are jokes, right? Yes. Okay. She was laughing <laughs> uproariously when you texted back, don't send me any socialist propaganda. <laughs> okay, good. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all available to you. And don't forget to download that PodMN app to your smart device where you have the chance to win daily prizes just for listening to GL. Why in the hell would she even have your phone number? <laughs> Joe, we're Have a good weekend, Suchi boy. <laughs> 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 I have to laugh. <laughs>